Hey, better late than never, am I right? Thanks for tuning in. This is the NWA. It's a podcast celebrating the history, tradition, the legacy of one of the greatest pro wrestling entities of all time, the National Wrestling Alliance. Guys, I'm your host, Gary Horn, and if you followed me on social media, you already know how stoked I am about this episode because this is going to be our Crockett Cup 2019 recap episode. I was there live, and I've got so much stuff to tell you. I'm super pumped. So before I get started, sorry that this is a little later than I anticipated. You guys are so awesome. Since the Crockett Cup, the numbers have been blowing up on as far as the downloads and as far as the actual like follows we're getting on Instagram. The interaction has been amazing. Thank you so much to anybody that's listening. I was all around the Caravas Arena just throwing some stickers down on sinks and bathrooms and, um, you know, wherever and whoever would let me uh, give them one, got one. I hope that you got one if you were there. If you did not, just hit me up. We'll make it happen. Again, appreciate all the support. I had to get back to my regular job. Also, this weekend was super busy, and I know that you know that. I mean, you had Avengers Endgame, which, holy crap, that was great. And Game of Thrones. It's, it's been It's been tough to keep up. Usually, I actually have been writing out notes, but I've decided that that doesn't even matter anymore. We just need to shoot straight with each other, right? Like, we just talk it out. So I'm going to be relaxed and comfortable ad lib and just talk to you a little bit about the Crockett Cup. I'm going to tell you about my experience. I actually got lucky. By lucky, I mean, I got married to the woman that I got married to because she was very supportive of me doing this weekend. You know, you've probably heard me talk about it a little bit. Like I've been a little bit disgruntled, dismayed by the current wrestling product when it comes to the WWE. So I've been looking for something different. I've been finding that something different and a lot of what independent wrestling has been doing. I'm becoming more and more grateful for the independent wrestlers who go out there and bust their butts and try to make themselves better for their art. And it's been fantastic, really, just getting into this side of the wrestling business, which is a side that I never really had gotten into before on top of that one of my favorite things happening in the wrestling world right now is the purchase of the nwa by billy corgan and and, you know him and david lagana doing what they're doing now you know all of this already i've been doing a podcast about it so i'm not going to waste your time with that i just want to say that what happened is is i got very lucky that my wife was very supportive of us just going all in no pun intended on the Crockett Cup 2019. And by that I mean we secured front row seats, we secured VIP tickets to a dine and meet that they offered, we secured VIP tickets to the autograph signing and panels on Saturday before the actual Crockett Cup. We actually bought into the NWA's hotel package that they were offering, which was incredible. Because you might be curious if this is the case, but a lot of the wrestlers were actually staying in the same hotel. This led to plenty of experiences, not the least of which the Dynamite on Friday night, right when we first got into town. I guess I'll just start there. So we get into 
Concord, North Carolina. Now, I'll tell you, like Charlotte, I'm familiar with it. I don't live very far away. I'm in Greenville, South Carolina, and uh, it's about an hour and a half away. So it wasn't a terrible drive. We get into Concord, and actually where all of this stuff is, is is kind of on the outskirts of Charlotte, if that makes sense. So I've been into downtown Charlotte, but I haven't actually been into any of this area. So we get into the hotel, check into our room. By the way, very nice room. I'm just going to, let me go ahead and say right now that I hope the NWA does the Crockett Cup in this same area every single year for the rest of my life. And I will pay every penny that I can to have this full experience. Folks, this was my WrestleMania weekend. I'm not even kidding. You know, that's what it's called. It's the WrestleMania weekend. That's the big wrestling event. Or maybe all-in weekend is a thing that's starting to come around. But I will just tell you, this is the most fun I've had at a wrestling event in my entire life. It was amazing. So I bought into that block of rooms that the NWA was offering on their social media, free, not free, available to everyone, obviously not free, but uh, it was an excellent suite in an excellent hotel. No kidding. It was very, very nice. Well worth the price. So we, we get in and we check into the room. I look out the window and this hotel is set up in such a way that right outside my window, I could see the bar down below and I see everybody. I see Marty Skrull, Nick Aldis, Josephus, like all of these people just down in the bar area. I don't want to you know, ruin the magic and say that Nick Aldis and Marty Skrull were both down there, but we know they're friends, right? So they were uh, probably just talking crap to each other. I'm just saying that was awesome already. So it's time for the meet and greet. We get there with like an hour to spare. So we head downstairs right outside the door. We run into David Lagana and Flip Gordon. Got to say hello to them. They were both headed to the Dynam meet. So off we went. The Dynam meet was held at this lovely place called the Corner Bar in Charlotte and super nice establishment. Fantastic food. Have no complaints there. So we're there and who else is there? A bunch of other folks who bought into the VIP thing. So that was nice. It was cool to interact with other fans. You had, obviously, Nick Aldis, Marty Skrull, Flip Gordon, Willie Mack was there. David Lagana was also in attendance. The lovely Maureen, by the way. Maureen is the operations manager for the NWA, and she was fantastic all weekend. I cannot say enough nice things about Maureen. She was super accommodating and trying to make sure that each fan had the best experience possible. The NWA, look... The NWA gives a crap. Like, they care about you. I'm trying to keep this as PG as possible, if you can't tell. But I'm telling you, just if I could break that for a second, they give a shit about you having a good time at their show. That's what I'm trying to tell you. It is amazing. I got to hang out with David Lagana, have some dinner, have a couple of drinks myself. Probably one too many. But I was nervous. So, you know, just trying to lube up the conversation, if you will. I didn't want to be super nervous like talking to all these people. Right when, right when I sat down uh, with my wife, Camille shows up and also Thomas Latimer and Royce Isaacs. Thomas Latimer, a.k.a. Bram, Brom, however you say it. He's British, so he says Brom. But anyway, Camille, Brom, and Royce Isaacs all sit down with us at the table. Super unexpected, not unwelcome. It was cool. I actually didn't even know Royce. Uh, he wrestles a good bit for championship wrestling for Hollywood, but I was not familiar with him myself. But they just sat down and hung out. And we talked, and I didn't want to like completely nerd out on him. So, you know, tried to have conversation about whatever. Of course, some of it went into wrestling. David Lagana sat down with us. We talked about friends. 
where he had worked previously. We talked about different television shows. We talked about uh, actually a lot of different stuff, music and everything. Little did I know, I mean, I asked and Tom Latimer and Royce Isaacs were going to enter into the Battle Royal, which as you know, if you've seen the Crockett Cup, and if you haven't, what do you listen to this for? Go buy it. It's well worth the money. Those guys, spoiler alert, end up, they win the Battle Royal, and they go on to advance very far, in fact, to the finals of the Crockett Cup, which was super impressive. Kind of sucked because, well, I'll get to it. So hanging out there was awesome. Nick Aldis walked by. He started just shooting the breeze with us. He talked to us a little bit about all kinds of stuff. They were headed up to Cauliflower Alley. You know, he was talking about that experience. He um, ended up, we, we got to talk about the Superstar Body Book, which I have not talked about nearly enough on this podcast yet, by the way. And I'll get to it because the Superstar Body Book is legit, and this is not blowing smoke up at anybody's ass. He does not care who I am. I'm just telling you, uh, because Nick Aldis, if you meet him in person, he's exactly what he seems like he'd be. He is a super confident world champion. There is nothing fake about Nick Aldis. What you see on screen is what you get in person. And it makes me admire him more, honestly. He's a cool guy. And he knows he's cool. And that's okay. That's good. It's good to have confidence. So, he was very good about talking to me about the Superstar Body Book. I had some questions that I had about it. I had also signed up, if you follow him on social media, you know that he also offers, uh, or has offered, a 90 days for $90 workout plan. I got to ask him some questions about that. He was super helpful with all of that. It was great. We did talk a bit about wrestling. We got to see the new gear that he was going to be wearing at the Crockett Cup. That was cool. We also got into a very in-depth conversation about Game of Thrones, which was awesome to just chill and talk about that for a little while because let's face it, the Crockett Cup is exciting and so was the upcoming episode of Game of Thrones because in both instances, huge battles ahead. So Willie Mack was there. He was very nice. Very cool to meet him. Uh, got to talk a little to Flip. Uh, he was a super cool guy, just as chill as you might imagine uh, as the night progressed. Bandito, Stuka Jr. and Guerrero Maya Jr. showed up. They're not as fluent as in English, so you know our conversations were a bit limited, uh, which was fine. I basically just tried to get across that I admired their work. Further along, we got pictures. Everybody got pictures with all of the folks. Anybody you wanted a picture with, you could get it. That was super amazing. It was a really fun night. The food was was excellent the company was even better and you know i actually spent most of the time hanging out with camille and tom latimer and royce isaacs not that anything was wrong with anybody else they were just chilling with us at the table and it was really really cool i i can't express to you how worth it the vip experience was just to hang out and get to know these folks a little bit better so we head back to the hotel and at the hotel that night, hung out for just a bit, trying to think of who I ran into there. Saw Bandito for a minute. Uh, he was getting a uh, little bit more to eat, I think. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, at this point, I was just hanging out of the bar, just having another beer, which I probably should have just gone to bed. But there I was, had another beer, hanging out, just seeing who I saw. Brody King was there. He was eating. I didn't bother Brody King because I always feel bad like if somebody's eating, I don't want to bug them. So I just kind of tried not to stare at him like a creep. Oh, Allison Kay got there, saw her arrive, and like a moron, just yelled out, Allison! 
and she stopped and said hello. And I was like, sorry, I had a Jameson, and I just felt like yelling your name like a weirdo. She was like, it's cool, just yell tomorrow. She was super nice. Really liked her. She seemed extra friendly at the time. Although she wouldn't on Saturday night. She seemed very arrogant in her uh, women's title win. But that's another story. Last person I ran into on Friday night, we ran into Mark Briscoe. Yeah, he, he got there and uh, talked to him for just a minute, told him how much I enjoyed his work. I was looking forward to seeing him in the rock and roll go at it. He seemed pretty excited about the prospects with the NWA and, and what they were doing. That was kind of cool, especially given what, what's going to end up happening with him and his brother here in a little bit. So I end up going to bed on Friday night, and folks, I'm not going to lie to you. The... Uh, the alcohol got the better of me. I think I was just super excited and nervous at the same time, just like with meeting everyone and that sort of thing. So I went to sleep that night and uh, did not want to move the next morning. Now, the events started at 11 a.m. I woke up about 10, could not get it together. The lovely wife, she was there trying to push me along, but it just was not flowing smoothly. But... We finally did get it together and showed up. I was about, I don't know, half an hour late, maybe 45 minutes late. I don't know. Anyway, as I'm going in, Flip and Bandito are headed out. They stopped, though. Very gracious, greet us. I didn't even realize they were leaving at the time, or I would have asked them for a photo or uh, the autograph, because part of the Saturday deal is that not only do you get to attend the panels, you get autographs from everyone there. That's part of the package. Uh, again, amazing deal. Uh, I didn't realize Flip and Bandito actually had to head out, so I, as I was passing them and talking to them for a moment, I didn't realize that was the end of the night or end of the day for them being there. Nevertheless, head inside. Everyone's super kind. Uh, you've got your booth set up. Everybody's signing off. Uh, I had missed, unfortunately, the uh, panel with Jim Cornette and Billy Corgan. I was a little disappointed by that. I looked forward to seeing Billy Corgan speak, but and Jim Cornette, obviously. Who doesn't want to see him talk as much as you can? But I was not too late to uh, get some photos with them and the premiere of the Crockett Cup, which was astounding to see in person. And oh, 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 one of the cool parts about doing the VIP exclusive thing the night before, I had actually, I don't even know if I'm supposed to say this, so I'll just say it, but I was able to, you know, Lagana didn't want to spoil it for anybody, but he... Uh, Nick told him to show me and he he obliged and I got to see the setup for the arena for the next night 24 hours before anybody else I was super stoked about that that 80s vibe was outstanding anyway so back to Saturday afternoon so I'm there uh, get my photo with the biggest heel in wrestling and the biggest heel in rock and roll Jim Cornette and Billy Corgan ran into Bruce Mitchell and that was super exciting for me. I don't know about you guys, but I'm a subscriber, a longtime subscriber to the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter. So Bruce Mitchell, one of my favorite wrestling journalists, I know he has heat with some, some of the boys and girls in wrestling, and that's fair enough. I've got nothing to do with that. I'm just saying I enjoy hearing Bruce, uh, his historical, like his mind in the wrestling business, the things he knows is so impressive. So I actually got hung up talking to him for forever just because... 
he's a super fun guy to talk to and I've been hearing his voice for years and I've never seen him in person so it, you know after a while like that's it's not even like seeing him on TV like I wasn't seeing Bruce on television I just only ever heard his voice so that was kind of cool uh, I was chastised by our world's heavyweight champion, Nick Aldis, for being late. He was leaving the booth when I went up to uh, collect my autograph, which I was very gracious for. You know, he was walking up front and I said, hey, Nick, are you bailing? And he said, no, I have a panel to do. I'll be back after. Thanks for showing up on time. And, and he was right. I was super late. That's a my bad, Nick. So thanks for calling me out on that. I do consider myself very lucky because, uh, as you know, Camille doesn't talk very much. I did get to have a conversation with her, and that was great. Honestly, like, part of the, the stuff with, I mean, the panels were cool. You know, like, they had one that was uh, Willie Mack, Nick Aldis, Camille, and Medusa representing the modern NWA, just uh, the champions there, and you got to ask questions. I questioned uh, Mr. Aldis a little bit about his suits. He's always the best dressed guy in the room, and so I got to talk to him a little bit about that, just what his inspiration was behind that. I mean, I kind of know. I've seen the champions, and in my research I've been doing here lately for the NWA, I've uh, seen you know Nick Bockwinkel and uh, even Luthez and guys like that just that, that really put forth the effort harley race even did it and of, of course nature boy rick flair those guys were well dressed carried themselves very seriously like a champion and i gotta say that's one thing that i do appreciate about a guy like nick aldis he carries himself like a champion willie mack on the other hand has a whole different aesthetic or vibe to him uh he has that kind of everyman thing like your dusty Rhodes kind of deal but there is something special about having that serious all joking aside, I carry myself like a professional. I am the best in the business, and I look like it. Nick Aldis handles that so, so well. So it was cool to get to ask him a little bit about that. Uh, Medusa, of course, taking the place of Jazz in this situation, since Jazz was unfortunately unable to attend, which is too bad. Uh, but here we are. So it was cool to actually get to meet Medusa. Part of my favorite stuff, though, what I was going to say is, is actually getting to meet Yuji Nagata and Kojima. I'd seen these guys wrestle before, but had never anticipated in a million years they'd be somebody I'd actually meet in person. They were super friendly. I, I loved talking to them. Also, uh, meeting the Midnight Express, the Rock and Roll Express. Caught their panel. Um, the Rock and Roll Express was bailing out shortly after, so I got a photo with them, uh, me and the wife, and that was cool. Got to meet Nikita Koloff and Magnum TA. I, I can't express to you enough how cool it is to meet all of these people and hear these panels where you have like an intimate moment to actually get to talk to these people. Uh, if you're a person that appreciates wrestling history at all, or even the modern stuff as far as the NWA goes, worth your time and money to go do these VIP events. I can't express it enough. I will do it again in a heartbeat next year if they can come back around here. And I hope they do because that seems to make sense. The Crockett Cups at Carolinas thing. Come on. It's got to be. I'm actually going to be disappointed if I'm not front row and VIP. All right. So that's enough talking about all of the VIP experiences, though. I showed up to the Crockett Cup uh, after a little break and was super stoked to see the arena in person. The setup was beautiful. It felt like you were being transported back into the 80s. That vibe was super, super cool. And then, and then you just get into the show, right? I mean... Hopefully you've seen the show either in person like myself or you watched it on pay-per-view. I actually bought it on pay-per-view ahead of time 
just knowing, you know, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be on the front row. If nothing else, I can look and see if I see myself, which you can. But I am not lying when I tell you that I saw this thing live the very next day, drove home and put it on again and watched the entire show all over again. It was the best wrestling experience I've ever had. If I hadn't had the VIP experiences, this wrestling as a show was so outstanding and i know i get it right like i have a podcast right now that you are listening to and it's called this is the nwa i have hitched my wagon to the nwa as far as the podcasting of wrestling goes fair enough but i'm not exaggerating it's not hyperbole i am not blowing things out of proportion when i tell you that this wrestling experience had i never even given a damn about the NWA before now, I would have after this show. So I've mentioned the presentation, like as far as the look of it all, but then I felt like the show was just set up absolutely perfectly. I don't even know who booked it. I assumed it's Billy and Lagana, maybe. I don't know. I'll tell you this, if you listen to the primer episode, you know that my bracket was busted immediately, so I have no shame in admitting that. I was way off on most of my predictions. I think I nailed two, maybe. So they start us off with the Battle Royal, right? And um, the Battle Royal, everybody piles out, and I think it's like right before the actual show comes on. But by the time the show comes on, everybody's in the ring. We got to watch everybody enter. This is the difficult part I was going to mention from when I was talking about Friday. Royce Isaacs and Tom Latimer come out, and they are very clearly heels. They carry themselves like heels. They act like heels. And the wife and I, we love them. And we couldn't help but love them. And they were so cool with us on Friday. And I don't know if this is, I'm supposed to keep kayfabe here, or, you know, whatever the, the deal is. But all, all I can say is, is my wife was super impressed by them. They charmed her completely just by talking to her about her interests and that sort of thing. She's a wrestling fan, but not like a huge wrestling fan. So it was cool for her that this wasn't all wrestle talk. And uh, they were really good about just hanging out. They they just acted like real people and friendly people. And so it became super tough to uh, pull against them, even though they would continue throughout this tournament as heels. I'm not going to go like a play-by-play -play about the thing. I'm, I'm going to hope that you saw it and that you were into it like me. And uh, so we're just talking as people just discussing things. So the Battle Royal was won by Tom Latimer and Royce Isaacs. They got thrown through the middle ropes. Uh, everybody thought the boys were going to win. Who? were awesome by the way and uh so were uh the dawson brothers but isaacs and latimer jump back in the ring and throw these guys out and they advance they get to go to the first round of the crockett cup and needless to say i was super excited and the wife was especially stoked because somebody she knew was on their way it was kind of sad for some people i think the dawson brothers this was their hometown and so uh, a lot of people were really bummed that they lost uh i was also by the way, super ecstatic to see Josephus in person. He was competing, and uh, it was nice to see him back. So match number two is uh, one of the first-round matches. It's Flip and Bandito versus Stuka and Guerrero Maya Jr. Oh, my God. I said in the primer, be prepared to be on your feet the whole time, and honest to God, I, I, I kind of was. This match was super amazing. If you have never seen Stuka and Guerrero Maya Jr. compete, they are well worth your time. 
obviously Flip and Bandito. I think they're, you know, no exaggeration, probably two of the hottest rising acts in wrestling today. So you know that already. These guys tore it down with these moves and just the high flying, the amazing athleticism of all of these guys. I, I didn't even want the match to win and I was kind of bummed when it did, but Flip did pull it out. And so Flip and Bandito advance on in the tournament. Oh, it was at this time, uh, I actually got to talk to the lovely Maureen that I mentioned earlier, the operations manager, and she was really great about, I, I just in passing had mentioned that I had seen Flip and Bandito entering into the VIP and uh, had just missed the opportunity to actually see them in the event. We talked a little bit outside. She arranged for them to get me an autograph. So Flippin' Bandito in between matches in the Crockett Cup signed autographs uh, for the wife and I. And that is, I just can't tell you how appreciative we are of that and just how above and beyond I think this is for uh, the NWA and Ring of Honor. Match number three, uh, our boys, Royce Isaacs and Tom Latimer come back out and they're facing the War Kings. Now, if you listened to the primer again, you know that the uh, War Kings were my pick to take it all. They looked unbeatable to me and they had Animal in their corner. I don't know what happened here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and go out on a limb here and say things may not have gone as planned. Animal was nowhere to be found. Uh, which was a shame because he was, he and Hawk had won, I think, the initial Crockett Cup. So it would have been cool to see Animal in person managing the War Kings. But uh, alas, it was not to be. And it was still cool seeing Crimson and Jax Dane, two solid talents. I really appreciate what they do. Jax Dane is just a tough looking SOB, and Crimson is just a guy who he's running a promotion too and he just seems to have a lot of it together like i i appreciate it. he's kind of inspiring with his drive and all of that so i i did root for them a little bit again they were against uh latimer and isaac so it was hard to pull for you know like uh i just had to watch this one play out i tried to do my appropriate cheering and booing but long story short royce isaacs and tom latimer pull this one out too they take the win and advance on in the crockett cup Next match, uh, match number four was the Briscoes versus the Rock and Roll Express. What can I say? It was cool to see the Rock and Roll Express. They get interviewed by Jim Cornette. That was kind of neat to see just in person. It was really, really cool. I didn't know what to expect out of this match. I mean, I know who the Briscoes are, and they came in looking like a couple of badasses. They were not playing around. The Rock and Roll had a lot of support from the fans, I believe. They were behind them. They wanted them to do well and see this succeed. And the match was really, really solid. I think it was just the right amount of length. I don't know how much is in the tank of uh, Robert and Ricky anymore. I, those guys still look amazing, though, being, I think, 60 and 62, if I'm not mistaken. So that's super impressive. But they had a hell of a match, and Ricky uh, got cut open early. We're pulling for them, man, but them boys, the Briscoes, dude, they're a tough team to beat. And especially when you see them in person, man, the Briscoes, they're legit. You do not want to mess with the Briscoes. They, the rock and roll just couldn't pull it off. So the Briscoes advance, and then you get match number five, which was PCO and Brody King versus Yuji Nagata and Kojima. 
Oh my God. I was actually concerned because I didn't know how much support like the Japanese wrestlers that New Japan Pro Wrestling would have in Concord, North Carolina. You know, that's no offense to anybody. I'm just saying, wasn't sure what to expect. They surprisingly, Kojima and Nagata had a large amount of support, I believe, and that was nice. Now, that's not to take anything away from PCO and Brody because until the main event, there was nobody possibly more over than those guys. People love PCO. And Brody King is just a beast. People wanted these guys right from the first round to take this thing all the way. The match was everything I could have hoped for. It was absolutely amazing. Kojima's chops, oh my God, especially in the corner just repeatedly. Uh, He's such an awesome wrestler. I love watching Kojima go at it. And there's something like, this is going to sound a little weird, but there's something about the Blue Justice, like the Yuji Nagata has this like stoic Captain America vibe. And I know he's Japanese, so that sounds dumb of me to say, but I think you get what I mean. Um, Unfortunately, they were not able to handle PCO and Brody, and uh, PCO and Brody advanced on to the next round. So the next matchup was Allison Kay and Santana Garrett. Um, I'm going to say that this one was probably like the least amount of audience participation. They were the quietest on this, and I'm not sure why that was, except to say that maybe when Jazz was in the match, you kind of knew who was face, who was heel. You probably had sort of a better understanding of that. Santana and Allison Kay. I think Allison Kay kind of took on that heel role and she portrayed it very well. But people, I, I think, were a little confused on who to root for and, and maybe they didn't know these women as well. Now, I could be wrong. Sienna was very successful in TNA and uh, Santana Garrett has had her own success. I'm just saying, I think that there was this being a new match added to the card technically may have taken a little bit away from that. That said, I enjoyed this match. Uh, Happy to see Allison Kay go over and win this one. Uh, She is your new NWA Women's World Champion, and I think that this is going to be amazing for her. Uh, I look forward to seeing uh, what David Lagana and the 10 Pounds of Gold series or just the NWA YouTube channel does with this and, and lets us get to know her a little more. And I certainly also hope it's not the last we see of Santana Garrett. I feel like they left it open to a little bit more of a rivalry, perhaps even a rivalry with Medusa, which I would be remiss to not mention that, yes, I did see Medusa at the beginning and she did have her speech and I don't know okay I don't know and I'm not gonna blow smoke and pretend like it didn't happen a little drawn out I can't lie and she was looking at her cell phone uh, it's a little odd not what I expected from Medusa the rest of the night she she seemed to handle pretty well but she definitely had the most odd moments of the night that said she presented Allison Kay with the women's championship it's a weird looking belt I'm I'm, I'm with you, some of you. Some of you are being super freaking hateful online about it, but and I think that's a little uncalled for. But uh, it is a smaller belt than we're used to, but that's how they used to be, and Allison K seems to be pretty supportive of that belt being smaller. So uh, as long as she's down with it and she represents it well, I'd say give it a chance. These NWA titles and their classic look, I think it's helps them stand apart and uh, I like the uniqueness of them so I'm willing to give it a chance also appreciated in the commentary when I was watching on the pay-per-view that Jim Cornette called them belts and he made reference that he's not a senile old man who has a problem with words uh, like belts that that's what they are amen Jim 
They are belts, and uh, call them what you want to. Right after that women's title match, you had the Midnight Express show up. This was the first time in 30 years they were all together, at least on the pay-per-view, because I saw them all together earlier in the day. Booyah! Anyway, so uh, all three of them are together. Uh, that beautiful Bobby Eaton, Dennis Condry, Sweet Stan Lane, all hanging out. Dennis Condry beat cancer. We got to hear that, and that was fantastic news. It was good seeing these guys. They look great. This is something that... Here's the thing you just don't get with some of the bigger companies, right? Like, the NWA appreciates the history that they have, and that is amazing. Like, sometimes, you know, it feels like places like WWE just uh, pays lip service to the history, and that's just not okay. These guys are legends, and they need to be treated like royalty. These guys put their bodies on the line, their careers, on the, their lives on the line for people night after night for many, many years. They deserve to get all of the recognition they can get while they can get it. It's good to see the NWA taking something like the Crockett Cup and showing appreciation for the tag teams that came before and the wrestlers that came before, like Nikita Koloff and Magnum TA, who we'll see later. I just love that about this company. Match number seven, Tom Latimer and Royce Isaacson show back up, and they're up against Flippin' Bandito. Talk about my heart being torn into pieces. These guys, Flippin' Bandito, are super nice to me uh, multiple times, then sign the autographs, and then here's Tom Latimer and Royce Isaacson being a couple of real dingleberries up against them, and it was it was tough. It's a weird moment. Medusa's outside the ring, gives them a little advice, uh, Tom Latimer and Royce Isaacs end up. It was probably, she probably told them to work the leg because that's exactly what they did after that. Uh, they took out Flip's leg. Bandino's distracted at ringside. They get the pin. And Royce and Tom advance on to the final round. Match number eight, PCO and Brody King versus the Briscoes. Oh, my God. This match was fantastic. I loved every second of it. It went all over the place, including Brody King getting thrown right in front of us into the rail. Thought it almost took me out, but I, I cannot complain about this match, except that it's unfortunate it had to end in DQ. The Briscoes disqualified. PCO and Brody King advance onto the finals, and then the Briscoes go on a tear, destroying PCO's arm that they had worked on throughout the match. They just completely decimate them at the end. For me... This seemed like a sure sign. There's no way PCO and Brody continue. So I'll do this, right? Like the smart person, like the smart mark part of me, as it would probably be called, is this was an easy guess. PCO and Brody are with Ring of Honor. Tom Latimer and Royce Isaacs, they're the closest to like actually signed NWA guys. They're going to win this, and they're going to give them... I mean, PCO's hurt. There's no way he's going to win this match. So obviously, I've booked this already. It shows how much I know, and and again, why I loved this show. So the Briscoes go on the tear. They destroy the ref, destroy the outside of the ring. They uh, say a lot of bad stuff. It's kind of cool, though. It sets up a rematch, I think, between PCO and Brody and the Briscoes, and, and, and I will be looking forward to that one because these guys are incredible to see live. Like, Jim Cornette makes a comment about, like, you can't appreciate it until you see it in person. Just, like, the smacking together of the meat, I think, is what how he actually described it. But he was 100% right. Seeing it on the pay-per-view was nothing like seeing it in person. These guys were beating the hell out of each other. And PCO, I don't even know how he stays in one piece. But 
I digress. Let's move on to match number nine, which was the national championship match. Colt Cabana versus Willie Mack. It was exactly what I expected it to be, a super friendly, like, wrestling match. And Colt Cabana goes over and wins the national championship, and I have, I was shocked. I mean, I was yelling, what is happening? Who would have have guessed that? I mean, I really had Willie Mack. I I was invested. I believed he was going to all 50 states and going to defend that dang national title. But uh, Colt Cabana took it from him and well-earned, sir. Well-earned. Colt was immediately afterwards greeted by a surprise appearance from the cowboy James Storm, who uh, had to get used to the (laughs) Ring of Honor, the streamers that got tossed into the ring, but uh, cut an amazing promo. He's going to challenge Colt Cabana for the title. I think as I'm saying all of this, I just saw it announced tonight that that match is coming up as his first defense. So we're going to see what happens. That's exciting. I look forward to James Storm and Colt Cabana. I'll tell you what, like with some of these people already, if the NWA decides they want to go ahead and launch some some regular programming with a roster. They've got a roster I'm invested in already. Billy Corgan and Joe Coff come out with the Crockett family. Uh, they show off the Crockett Cup. Uh, stand by it. Um, Billy Corgan doesn't actually even say anything, which is uh, neither does Joe Coff for what it's worth. This is uh, actually a cool thing, I think, that Billy Corgan's a rock star and he's you know, got the money. He's backing this whole thing. It's easy to think that somebody's going to get ego and want to be presented on television as most owners do i'm sure somewhere down the road we'll see something out of billy but it's kind of cool to see that he's able to just stand in the background like uh, work behind the scenes i kind of appreciate that about him he's there to present and show some focus honor the things that he needs to honor it means something that he's out there with the crockett cup it means something that the crockett family is out there uh joe Coff. so it adds like this gravitas to this this cup, not to mention the tag team championships, which are also being battled for here, which was yet another reason why I know my boys, Isaacs and Latimer, were about to just destroy PCO and Brody King. But that's not what happened, is it? Villain Enterprises came out, and after a struggle for a little while, I mean, PCO had to use a chair to climb up on the ring apron, but uh, at a certain point, it was just bug nuts. He gets Brody to fix his arm and Brody is confused as hell too but ends up just pulling the hell out of that arm and it fixes the arm PCO's back in this thing they take it to our boys and no matter what they try Latimer and Isaacs can't make it happen PCO and Brody go over and win the NWA Tag Team Championships. I mean, my God, it was an incredible match and an incredible finish. New Tag Team Champions. I've been waiting for this moment. It feels like a completion of something that the NWA's here. It feels like a well-rounded moment. There they are, the Crockett Cup. They've got the tag team titles. We've got a national champion, a women's champion, and a world's heavyweight champion to be determined in just a moment. But... This feels like everything is falling into place. We're in year two of a 20-year plan, but these guys are just pushing it right along. I love the National Wrestling Alliance. So then that brings us to the main event. And, I mean, what do you want me to say? I hope that you've seen this match. If you haven't, you have to see it. It is the best match I've seen this year. Again, not trying to be ridiculous, but... It is. This match had so much behind it, so much emotion. The relationship between Nick Aldis and Marty Skrull, uh, the dealer versus the villain, the national treasure. I mean, this was a big deal. 
Marty wanted to prove himself and Nick wanted to hang on. He's and, and he's very focused on expanding the NWA brand. Marty feels that he can take it to places that it hasn't been. There's so much riding on this match and every single person in that arena felt it. This was the hottest match on the card. They both come out. There's that wrestling at the beginning. Oh my God, just the British, uh, what do they call it? Uh, I think there's a word for it and I can't remember what it is right off the top of my head, but the, the, the British style wrestling that they do at the beginning is super great. Just, uh, <laughs> you need to get Cornette. The, the part that I miss the most about being there live is getting that Cornette, not just Cornette, but Cornette has like this insight that just nobody has. Uh, when it comes to the wrestling business, he just has this history. So he's giving you information about Billy Robertson inventing the cartwheel guard pass. World of sport, that is what I'm talking about. World of sport style wrestling that Aldis and Skrull are using. Maybe you call it chain wrestling with all of the reversals and that sort of thing. So it starts off very much a wrestling style match, which by the way was set up because the legendary Tommy Young opened up the match as the referee and telling these guys this is a a wrestling match you know people came to see you guys wrestle and not me referee that was really amazing i loved that setup it just added all to the feel and this card was set up perfectly to get to this moment so here we are they're wrestling around and then you get marty Skrull pulling the great moment just tripping himself up and blaming camille camille gets kicked out Aldis is furious. They start battling it out. But then later on, when Aldis has the chance and Camille comes in, Aldis kicks her out. They want this to be settled like men. I can't describe to you how much everything in this match meant something. And everybody was hanging on every single move that happened in it. The blood. Nick Aldis gets busted open part of the way through the match. And that dude, I'm not even sure on pay-per-view it came across just how freaking bloody he was. My wife was concerned. like She was like, do I need to go in there and help him? And I'm like, I'm sure he's fine. Don't try to go help him. My wife's a nurse. And she was like, but Nick's my friend. We just met him. And now he's bleeding all over the place. And <laughs> he was so bloody. It was just dripping everywhere. I was like, my God, nobody's stopping this match. And Marty just laid into it. So, oh my God, just a fantastic match. Uh, seeing just the stuff they did, everything, every the superplexes felt so incredible. And it's just so amazing to me, just like some of the stunts some people pull, but these guys pulled off what they did in the ring and everything felt real, like it mattered and it was significant. And it just, I, I can't praise enough what these two gentlemen did in the ring. Nick Aldis ends up taking it with a Kingsland Cloverleaf submitting Marty Skrull, retaining the world's heavyweight championship. I was super happy. I'm a huge Nick Aldis fan, even more so after Friday night. There was a kid next to me, though, who was a little disappointed. He had the villain mask on, and he was super rooting for Marty Skrull and PCO and Brody. He got his wish with PCO and Brody. Fortunately, with Skrull, he could pull it off. But that ending where they put each other over and talked about it. I think the kid was finally sold that since Marty liked him, Nick was an okay guy too. They hugged it out. I guarantee you nobody left that show unhappy. Hopefully you, if you bought it on pay-per-view, you didn't turn off the TV that night unhappy because that match was just incredible. I've been raving about it to anybody who would listen. And that is going to bring us to the end 
of this episode of NWA Weekly, or this is the NWA Weekly. I hope you enjoyed Crockett Cup 2019. Send me your comments, your questions, your concerns, your thoughts. I want to hear what you thought about Crockett Cup. Let me know. You can hit us up at the NWA Pod on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, everywhere. Yes, facebook.com slash the NWA Pod. You can email at the NWA Pod at gmail.com. Super easy to remember. I handed a out the stickers I actually got Nick Aldis ones and he wanted he was saying how how much I nailed it on the name it was super easy to remember the NWA pod so you got it let's prove it let's keep building this brand up let's let's keep working together let's make a community for the NWA that's my goal here I want them to succeed it I want them every year to be growing exponentially I want that 20 year plan to end with them being on top of the wrestling business I'm here to help. I hope you are too. I feel like these people know what they're doing and they have their heads in the right places and their respect in the right places. I just can't wait to talk about it more. So now, uh, just just FYI, the NWA uh, YouTube rewatch will pick back up here pretty soon. Now that things are getting back to normal again, I hope to get those back up and running. And uh, of course, uh, if nothing else, I will talk to you next week on this is the nwa weekly thank you so much i'm at rock and roll gary all spelled out again the podcast is at the nwa pod thank you for listening let's talk about the nwa